0: Hi, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Tree Top Chat. This is actually the 19th episode in a row, uh, which is quite crazy to believe, to be honest. Um, last week, we spoke to uh, Andreas Lindberg, uh, also known as Kanum uh, Idea, on, on, um, on Instagram. And we had some very good uh, conversations about his interests, his various jobs and his hobbies. And we even got to hear about how he blew up a garage here in Stockholm, one. So if you missed that episode, you need to check that out on our YouTube channel. Um, well, today we just got the um, very nice Extrema from Courant. It's a very static rope, um, 11 mil that we will put up in the weekend. Uh, so, what far are we over the world? Anything between you know our next door neighbors here in Stockholm to Ontario in Canada, Peter DeVries. Uh, and today we had another international guest in the Treetop Chat Roaster, and uh, this time it's all the way from India. So uh, today we were speaking to Jonas, who is an arborist who lives and works in India. He's a large contributor to building the arb industry in India, and the job he's doing is truly great. So if you have any questions for Jonas uh, throughout this uh, transmission, uh, please feel free to drop them anytime below. So, Ajay Jonas, how are you? Very good, how are you? I'm good, I'm good.
1: So, what is it, 9 o'clock in the evening? That's right, yeah, just had dinner, just uh, having a nice relaxed time now. (laughs) Ah, nice, nice. So, you've been working all day today? Yeah, yeah, actually it was a fairly uh, easy day today, we kind of just had a couple of loose ends to finished the week so just yeah got got that um wrapped up so it was actually a short day for all of us okay which is nice at the end of the week when everyone's tired yeah
0: exactly so you're gonna be resting over the weekend
1: yeah 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 definitely sounds good yeah i think i think rest is uh, super important especially in our line of work yeah.
0: absolutely you don't have to work tired do you so um let's get into the uh, the talking points we have here today you know tell us a little bit about how you became an arborist you know what did that journey look like
1: for you yeah it's um, I guess uh, fairly different to, to most because uh, I actually uh, grew up in India and then I moved to um, Berlin for a year I was after after finishing high school I, I kind of decided okay I want to go have a look in uh, Germany and Europe and have a different experience and uh, I wasn't planning to study but then uh, I I had a job in a in a bakery in in Berlin and hated it <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so I decided okay maybe maybe university is not that bad and decided to study economics okay and uh, so I actually have a master's degree in economics which I have not really used much apart from, well, it's it's useful when you're running your own business. Um, mm-hmm. So after after graduating and moving back to India, um, I joined uh, TreeCare, which was being run by um, Anadia and Julian. They, uh, they're one of the, f- the two founding members. And so actually two weeks after I got back, they uh, immediately said, why don't you join us and initially i was a bit hesitant i was like well i just got masters in economics how does that really apply is it useful <laughs> and uh, and then i gave it a go and had one climb the tree and never looked back Bro, <laughs> cool. and how Loved long it ever since it's been a couple of years was 2014.
0: okay yeah okay yeah. So, you call yourself yeah. an arborist kind of, you know, the industrial athletes. Uh, can you explain yeah. a little bit what, you know, what
1: that means? Yeah, so, I think uh, we've been playing around with different terms in India because no matter who you ask, nobody has ever heard of the term arborist. They don't know what that is, what no. we do. So, therefore, we also, you know, say, we, we call ourselves tree surgeons, and then I really like the term industrial athlete because I think it, it really highlights the importance of um, really focusing on, on getting your body in the best condition possible, um, the same way an athlete does, um, and, and just get your skill level to, to your absolute peak. So it's really striving for for that perfection and in our industry where where risk is something we have to deal with and manage on a daily basis um, I think that kind of striving towards that level of perfection is uh, is the only smart way to go about it it's not you know it's not something to take for granted and uh, so to really consider yourself a Professional athlete that well is doing tree work rather than you know playing some football or something else. Yeah, stay in shape, huh? Stay in shape, so, uh, eat healthy, sleep sleep enough. You know all of these things. It's it's not only about the body. It's it's also about the mind and and uh, keeping keeping things clear. And that's how you can stay safe. That's that's yeah. our philosophy.
0: Yeah, I agree. There's a lot of parameters in there to, you
1: know, make the right decisions, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's like thousands of, of little decisions that you're making uh, all the time while while you're in a tree suspended by a little 11-millimeter rope <laughs> with dangerous tools. <laughs> and um, and still there's so many factors that we cannot even, you know, comprehend. Uh, so there's still so, so much... Uh, there is an inherent risk no matter what you do so that's also where we started to say it's it's important to not push your limits too far where where you your mind or body gets fatigued and and you start making mistakes so with the heat that that we have to deal with in India um, we generally don't work more than six hour days and there are, there are times where we have you know, big contracts that have to get done and, and you make an exception, but it's not day to day. We don't have uh, eight to 10 hour work days, which is fairly common in, in most other parts when I've been traveling and, and seeing that. So that we, we are able to really keep that going and say, look, we'll come back tomorrow. We'll finish the job tomorrow. There's, there's no, it's not worth it to, to take any risks when... Uh, Wise you- decisions. So you
0: you also had a, a a TED talk quite recently. Can you give us a brief you know overview on that for anyone who hasn't seen it?
1: Yeah. So the idea of the TED talk was um, the overall theme of that TED talk was level up. So they invited me to speak on on leveling up in in our field in our industry. So. I want to talk about leveling up the trees. How can, we, how can we ensure that we're able to live in a symbiotic relationship with trees in our urban environment? And um, because yeah, we're, we've put, put trees in an unnatural environment. And so of course they're, uh, they require more care, more help from us to be able to grow you properly and, and safely. And, and also, of course. Um, home, kinds of targets. Um, it's super important to do that. Yeah. So the TED talk was, yeah, mainly about the importance of trees and the importance of managing these trees as though they're assets. You know, they're really an integral part of any good society or, or, or city. So we should value them just the same way we value streets and roads that don't have potholes. We should value our trees even more in my opinion than, than that. But, uh, yeah, we should really consider them as a, a valuable asset to society. Nice, very,
0: very sound. So uh, if we go back, you know, we kind of touched on this in the beginning, but you know, what made you want to decide to focus on the, on the Indian arborist industry?
1: Um, well, I would say definitely the most important part is that we were born and, and grew up in India. Uh, so that's home for us, and then we saw this opportunity to to do something something different, something extraordinary, where we can introduce something we can introduce arboriculture to an entire nation to that has a population of 1.3 billion people. I mean, it's incredible that. India with with its rich rich history and heritage and and the incredible wildlife that we have here, but this industry has never developed, and um, so I've noticed that there is this kind of lack of importance put on safety generally in India, in across the board whether it's you know driving driving without. Uh, Driving motorcycle without helmets or without seatbelts. As the roads have been getting better, more and more people are starting to use seatbelts. But it's it's somehow ingrained in, in the culture that no worries, we'll cross the street. You know, everything's gonna be fine. And that's yeah. that's the same in in the construction industry where where people don't have hard hats, no shoes, shorts and flip flops, and that's the way to go. And uh, that's that's in we see that in all industries, and so we're trying to focus on on pushing pushing that safety and and seeing. Look, there is real value in, in human life. We can't just just move on like nothing happened and mm-hmm. uh, and say that's acceptable when we clearly have alternatives. You know, if if there are no alternatives, we, we say okay, that's part of the risk. You have to take it. Then it's your choice whether you want to do that job or not. But if you do have the choice to work safely, I I just don't find it acceptable to right. to continue. Yeah.
0: So so how do you see the uh, the Indian arborist industry differs from from other places in the world? Uh, you know, except you know the security issues that we just talked yeah. about. Yeah. Um.
1: It's a bit, bit difficult for me to compare because I haven't worked all that much in, in other countries, um, but I would say uh, there is also one thing which I also really focused on in the TED talk and which I believe is different here is that there's this, this uh, notion or, or idea that we have to choose between development or greenery we can't have both so there is this thing of okay we 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 need to develop we need to grow we need to catch up with 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 the rest of the developed world so yeah we have to build we have to make cities we have to and well the trees are in the way so we have to get rid of them and and build cities instead Mm. um but i want to really focus on getting in there early and saying no with the proper planning, you can you can have both. You can have a symbiotic relationship where trees can thrive and humans can thrive, actually all the more, because the trees are just benefiting us and making life in cities so much better. So mm. we, we see examples where it has been a success, like like Singapore, which actually, if you look at it from the time frame, it's an incredible transformation in such a short period of time where, where they've just been saying no. We're looking at it in a different way. The garden city, the, the trees, the greenery, they are um, the reason why business comes here in the first place. That's actually why we will thrive. So using that as an uh, incentive rather than a hindrance, rather than an obstacle we have to overcome. Yeah, it's it's we have to really just see it as an asset.
0: I agree. Yeah, yeah. You, you know,
1: ur- urban
0: cities and uh, you know tend to have more trees. I know Singapore, as you mentioned, is a very green city. Uh, you know, in in China, they're planting a lot of trees in the cities yeah. as well. So uh, I think that's exactly. a very good thing, and yeah. you know, it helps help with the creative... as
1: well. Yeah, exactly. And and then there's you know, creative architects that that start. Uh, Making green green walls, or or the um, what's the name of the towers in in Milan that have the trees growing on the on the towers, and so there's there are ways. There are you know making it cool and futuristic, but yet having that link back to nature, back to forests, back to where we came from. Yeah, exactly. Really. Yeah,
0: I think you know it's probably more common in Asia because uh, a lot of the cities in Asia I've been to, you know, there's a lot of trees in the cities. You know Singapore, Kuala Lumpur, Beijing. You know Shanghai. There's a there's yep. still a lot of trees there, even though you know it's it's uh, metropolitan cities and and a lot of skyscrapers and stuff, but still very green. So uh, I, you know, I suppose you know the fauna in in India is quite different from uh, you know what we have here in in uh, northern parts of Europe. But you know, what what kind of trees are you working in in India?
1: Um. Yeah. There's there's an insane amount of different species we have here, so I'm not going to go into any details there, <laughs> you know, from, from ficuses to it, but what I like to, how I like to compare is that we have um, the vast majority of the trees here are are decurrent trees, so they're not all that tall, um, but they spread out super far, like like uh, banyan trees, so mm. so if, if you're in a in a old big banyan tree, it's incredible. You you don't feel like you're in one tree. It's it's an, it's a forest that originates from from one sure. mother plant. Um, so they they put out the um, the vertical roots and and actually never stop growing. They just keep expanding outwards, and these these roots turn into full trees on their own and can survive on their own even if the the mother part has already died off again um Um, so yeah there's some some incredible um species out there and so i i believe also the climbing style differs um because of that so we have to think a lot more about um moving horizontally moving Um, outwards and not being able to have a proper anchor point from which you can access the whole tree. That's that's actually pretty rare for us that we have um, that optimal, you know, top tie-in point where from, from which you can, you can access the entire tree. So we have to often kind of break it down in sections and say, okay, we're going to do that part with that anchor point, then move on and redirect. And that's, that's actually where we, um, when we discovered SRT, we we never looked back because just just for that reason alone, where you're going through so many um, branches and 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 crotches and redirects that um, it would be impossible to you know put in um, on a on a proper uh, DDRT system. So you'd have to take out your system, reinstall, take it out, reinstall, um, which
0: none of us like doing. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Now, so what we're talking so, about, yeah, you know, equipment. SRT, you can just keep moving
1: upwards. Yeah, sorry. Yeah.
0: cool, cool. So, we're, we're talking a little bit about, you know, equipment here, and, uh, you know, we, we have sometimes seen that you have had some problems getting, you know, your gear shipped to you, and once we even had, you know, a
1: bit of a rat attack. Tell us a little yeah. bit what happened. <laughs> right. What? Yeah, so... Gear has been one of the the major challenges for us, definitely. So we've been um, we've been doing a lot of research in trying to see if we can source anything locally. Um, big challenge there being um, there are no specific ropes that have been designed for tree work naturally because there is no industry, so there's no demand for it, um, and so what we initially were doing was every time I went to visit, because I've, I've got family in Germany as well, so every time I went uh, to to visit family, I would not take, I would come with, with just hand luggage, come back with two suitcases full of equipment, um, got a lot of equipment uh, donated, and, and some second-hand gear, and yeah, because also, there is the cost. It's not only about access, oh. but the what we are able to charge here, versus the pay, paying paying in in dollars and earning in Indian rupees, you know that's that's a challenge on its own. So um, so we were very fortunate to have a lot of support um, in in large thanks to thanks to Insta- Instagram and and then I I would traveled and went to a lot of the European tree climbing championships. I went to um, the Augsburg Tree Care Days, and uh, so, you know, have have been finding creative ways to source gear over the years. And then the last um, year, year and a half, I've also been really fortunate um, to be supported by some amazing um, gear manufacturers that, uh, where I'm either uh, an ambass- ambassador or just getting sponsored um so that's that's amazing for us that Ooh. has really opened new doors where initially we were kind of sharing one or two uh climbing ropes between all of us and sharing harnesses sharing helmets initially when i started we had we had one helmet between all of us <laughs> so it'd be like wow. let's a uh, rock paper scissors. who gets the helmet <laughs> <laughs> so that 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 has been really incredible the transformation over the last yeah, year, year and a half, um, where we're able to equip ourselves properly, and and you also notice then how important good gear is. Um, not only are you able to do the work more efficiently and, and safer, but it really takes the edge off on, on the mind game, you know, because if you don't know if you can trust your gear, you're yeah. always second guessing. You're already In a tree where you're not so, not so sure. You're already second guessing. If then you're not 100% sure your, your gear is fine because what we were doing is we didn't have rigging ropes. So we were just using, recycling our old climbing ropes as rigging ropes. So yeah, you don't know if that's not good enough to climb on. Well, I don't know if it's going to, going to hold that big uh, rig. So yeah, that that has been incredible. Where you can just put your mind at ease and say, "Yes, this is, you know, dedicated equipment designed to take this kind of impact. No worries." So uh, that was that was really that's really been amazing for us. Interesting. So uh, what what about the rat attack? The rat attack? Yes, <laughs> that was that was an ordeal. Um, so we got we got a shipment from Notch. And um it was a huge mess up from from FedEx, essentially. Um they it and India in general is, is notoriously difficult to import. It's super easy to export. They'll pretty much come to your house and be like, Yeah yeah, I'll take it off you. We wanna export. But import, they're not keen. So <laughs> a lot of import duties. Um our our first experience with that was uh, two two years prior. And uh, we had done um, a big shipment from Edelrid, where we were thinking of uh, becoming dealers, and uh, so we had we had invested and and gotten a whole shipment, which then was stuck in customs, and it was a nightmare to get it out. And so, as as things happen, the same thing happened with the not shipment. They didn't accept the the invoice and said, "Nah, this this can't be. Um, it can't be that you guys are not, you know, buying this. Clearly, this is for profit." And they didn't didn't even believe us that it was a sponsorship or that it was uh, for testing purposes or you know. Okay. So so th- then um, we had to get new invoice made and blah blah. It was a whole ordeal. Wow. And in that time, they had uh put all our our stuff in one of their warehouses, which were rat infested so two two months or i think it was two months stuck stuck in there in the customs oh. until we finally managed to get it out and then the the package arrives in incredibly bad shape and uh then I already saw in two two corners nice bitten holes. Oh, that was that was frustrating. Um, mm. You yeah, know, I I think I had a hundred and seven emails with FedEx just for that um, for that shipment. Oh. Uh, so yeah, and they they would refuse to give you a number to call. So all we could do was email and hope for the best. And then the worst part is they they charge you for for storing. So for the two months, <laughs> they're like, yeah, that's your fault. Oh, so it's late on. fees. Late fees and storing charges, like are you kidding me yeah so so the, that was what the, happened the the rat, the rats were eating on
0: the ropes and the equipment or
1: yep they right. they were um they got the the climbing spurs good, they loved the the padding they love the padding of the climbing spurs uh then a couple of, a couple of rigging uh, slings we had um uh, some X rings, w- which were which were spliced uh, with some whoopee slings and stuff, which which were eaten. But in the end, we were quite lucky. It was, um, I think, maybe five ten percent that was that was damaged, that was not mm-hmm. usable. And I'm I'm climbing on the spurs now. It's it's fine. The padding is a bit is a bit eaten, but it's totally fine. But all the X ring stuff. I was like, yeah, no, I'm not. I'm not going to risk it. No chance, even even if it's just a couple of fibers. I didn't. I didn't know. Also, with who knows if the, the rats were uh, pissing on it and all, there might be some chemical reaction that I don't know about. I was like, yeah, putting that aside. Uh,
0: well, well, you know, we we should be uh, happy that they were not eating on the X rings because
1: those rats
0: I wouldn't want to see.
1: <laughs> some mutant mutant X. Ring rats. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, to be
0: honest, I, I've seen some rats in India. I was there in uh, 97. Okay, and, nice. And uh, I saw some rats uh, at the hotel, and yeah. they were more like cats, actually. Yeah,
1: those those are those are bandicoots, we call them. They're not actually. They're incredibly. Yeah, they're massive. They're real big.
0: Like yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, crazy. So, uh, you know, um, the next question is really, you know, um, um, what is your best tip for, for anybody who wants to start working with tree care in, in a country such as India?
1: Ooh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think first, I, I would focus on um, getting yourself as high quality as you can. So really setting yourself apart from any so-called competition so that's also what we did we focused on on training and, and getting a team that we know we can we can take on any job that comes um, confidently where we can say yeah we, we can do this safely um, and, and faster than, than the competition can um, and then I would say try to carve out your your niche figure out, um, who is the most likely person to employ you? Whether it is um, the cities, whether it is uh, big corporations, or maybe rich private clients. Mm. Uh, so, in our case, in India, we we have felt the the biggest demand coming from um, biggest demand coming from big corporations because they. Uh, have a reputation to uphold. They want to compete with other other big companies all over the world. They want to do business with them, yeah. and having you know people in getting injured or or dying on on your factory premises is not acceptable. Yeah. Um, even if it's acceptable within India, but if you're doing business internationally with other you know. Reputable companies, they're, they're not going to be happy about that. So we found that they're very, very willing and happy, um, to, to pay us more, um, for our level of professionality and, and safety. Um, so yeah, I think that would be my, my tip really to figure out who is going to hire you. And, um, and then focus on that, you know, start small, get reliable clientele that, that you can, you can, you know, you get your fixed income. And then you can think about how can we expand? How can we uh, reach more people? How can we, but first really get, get your bases covered. So, you know, you can, you can pay all your employees. You can get the ball rolling. And then figure out how to expand. I think at the beginning, we were a bit naive and a bit um, uh, too excited and said, look, no worries, we're going to start opening offices in different cities and we're going to grow really fast. And then you realize, wait, nobody has even heard about an arborist. Wait, who's going to hire us? (laughs) So then we realized that education is actually what we need to focus on. So you know that's that's when we started saying okay we need to get into training as well and teaching and 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 the climbing school.
0: Nice. So I I suppose you know the uh, the incident you had with the uh, customer is not your funniest on the job story, but give us <laughs> give us an insight to your funniest on the job story.
1: Um. All right. Let me think. There was. Uh, this was actually pretty much maybe a year or two after I started, so, so quite a while ago. And uh, we had just hired a new, a new young um, person who, who wanted to be a groundy with us. And um, on his first, second, second day on, on the site or something, uh, I, ha- I was in the tree and I just set up a, a rigging point and had had brought down the rope so he can send up a chainsaw for me and there was there was a sling attached at the end of the rope and as it was down there suddenly i could see his eyes light up and and he was like dude i just had such a good idea i can step in the into the sling and i can pull myself up and then <laughs> I was like, no, that's not a good idea. He's like, no, no, it's a great idea, and he did it, and pulled himself, only to boom, fall straight on, straight on his back. <laughs> uh, yeah. Wow. I guess I don't need to need to say that he didn't last all that long. I think he was with us for two weeks. <laughs> oh really?
0: Okay. Well, you know, I I I, uh, I know that you uh, you hold courses too. So um, tell us a little bit about those, and uh, you know what what are you doing? What are your typical pupils that you teach?
1: So we offer um, standalone climbing courses, as well as kind of an internship program. So I think actually. Uh, the internship programs have been more successful um, in, in the sense that we've had uh, people from from Germany, uh, from actually all over the world, requesting, "Could we come and work with you guys and learn from you guys?" Um, you know, trying to combine an amazing world trip with with learning a new skill, um, and also uh, young individuals from from different parts of India, um, so that that has been pretty successful, and I think we want to continue down down that road. We've just um, hi- well, we just accepted two two new apprentices, so that's cool. And then the standalone courses, um, we've had quite a few as well, but um, it's still it's still in its infancy stages in the sense that india is is so vast so big that travel is a major problem for us yeah. i mean from not only for the training also for for us doing the work so it's, it's not unusual for us to you know quote quote a job um where say 40 percent of the total cost is our you know, travel hotel food all that those expenses um which is kind of sad, which is like it 's a pity, I feel like uh but then that 's the only way if you want to service such a large country um yeah and then and then coming to the climate courses, so I get a lot of calls from people all over the country um who then say, Oh, we have to come down to to see you guys there and do the course there Mm, yeah it's difficult and then of course financially it's also a challenge because most people that are interested um are not let's say from from wealthy backgrounds so usually those that have rich parents the parents make sure they either go it engineering one of these jobs that's definitely gonna secure their future especially Where where the aim is let's go try and work in the US or England or Uh. abroad. Like that's that's always the number one mission. Uh. Get out of the country first things first. (laughs) (laughs) And we're doing the opposite. How to Uh. get into the country. That's good. So um so the climbing courses I think where now we're we're doing a bit of a switch where we're trying to focus again on corporations. Okay. So there are you know some um large corporations like uh, in the coffee industry, for example um mm. where they where the coffee plantations um they're they're kind of like shrub trees small trees, and they require semi shade mm. so they um the entire plantations are full of silver oak trees and so they grow super straight, tall, and, and they're constantly pruned where, where it's pretty much a pole with, with a bit of foliage. Okay. Yeah? Terrible for the tree, but it's, it's doing the job for the crop. That's, that's okay. their main idea behind it, right? Exactly. Um, so they employ... So one of the people that called us where we went and gave a demonstration of how we would climb and do the work safely... Um, they employ about 900, between 800 and 1,000 climbers a year. Wow. Um, they've got, I think, about was it 1, 1. 1.5 million trees to prune every year. Wow, that's like unrealistically a yeah. lot, yeah. yeah. Um, and access is is not an option for for uh, work platforms for for bucket lifts and stuff because it's all on on the slopes it's all in the mountains um and there we had some very good feedback where we had a had a meeting with um the all the managers of all the different plantations as well as some of the climbers that actually do the work and uh, so only uh, my colleague, he he went up, and I was on the ground explaining step by step what he's doing. Okay, he's installing his top anchor point. Now he's ascending. Then he's installing his rigging, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And um, and the managers were were really impressed. They when when he came down, they were like clapping. Amazing! This is what we need. Fantastic! And then one of the managers looked at the climbers and said, what do you guys think? Is this something you want to learn? And uh, initially they were hesitant. They said, ah, we get paid by, by per tree. So I think this is going to slow us down, you know? So I don't think we're going to, we're going to be able to, to do this, even if it's safer, but you know, we have, you know, mouths to feed. We, we can't, we can't work slower. So they said this tree that they did, yeah, we can do it easily. It's, it's not a difficult tree. So then the manager said, "Okay, how about choose a tree that is difficult? Choose a tree that you guys cannot do." So they picked out the tallest, the tallest tree with with no branches, and uh, we we threw in, got up, and were able to prune four other trees from that one anchor point. And when they saw that, they were well impressed. They were like, "Okay, yeah, this is much faster." You don't have to go and climb each individual tree. You can jump from tree tree to tree. Yeah, that's cool. We want to do that. So hopefully in September or October, there there might be uh, a larger number of people that we're going to train um, in the coffee plantations. That would be amazing. Yeah, that's good
0: because, uh, you know, it makes the work a lot, lot safer as well. Exactly. So uh, now we're talking about climbing. So what is your favorite piece of equipment of all time and why?
1: Hmm, I would, whoa, just off the top of my head, I would just uh, say the Rope Runner. The Rope Runner. Uh, it's, it's, from the day I started using it, I've, I've loved it. And uh, climbed climbed with it on the Red Bull branched out in Australia, and it's, it's such a smooth, compact design. I, I really love it. Uh, have not had the chance to try out the the new one, the Pro. But yeah. um, I'm super happy with with the original okay. runner as well. So yeah,
0: the the, the Pro is going to be
1: um, CE certified here in Europe. In, that's in October. that's what's really exciting. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Even better with a bird flap. Yeah, thank you for that one. I use it every day. Just yeah. reading in the comments. Cool. Cool. <laughs> So, uh, is there any questions from the audience? For, from my side? Or does the audience have some questions for
0: us? <laughs> no, I think we, that means that we must have covered everything, huh? I think so. <laughs> yeah. Cool. So, um, sorry. Uh, do you have any questions?
1: Not really, not off the top
0: of my head. No, no. 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 Well, it's getting late as well. So, um, okay, uh, I think we're called the day there. So, uh, thank you very much, Jonas, for for joining us uh, all the way from India. It's been a pleasure uh, to hear you provide some very, you know, valuable insights to the industry. Or your the great job you're doing over there. Um, you know, we really appreciate it. Um, as usual, thank you to everybody that tuned in for uh, yeah. anybody who watched this uh, on, on, uh, afterwards uh, on YouTube or Instagram. Next week, we will be speaking to Victoria Kastens, um, who um, uh, I think that will be a great conversation as well. So, um, I think we're going to call it the weekend there for everybody. And uh,
1: have a very nice evening, everybody. And uh, Jonas, thank you again. Thank you for having me. And uh, thanks everyone who's tuned in. It was a pleasure. Wish everyone a- Happy weekend. Take care. All the best. See you. Take care and clap, guys. Bye.